Well, Bernie Sanders supporters are a little upset because apparently Bernie Sanders uh, took his meds and they were effective for about five minutes. So he actually said something honest and open that the Democrats rarely ever do because they like to live in a fictional reality. When Bernie Sanders was asked about mandatory gun buyback programs, he admitted that, one, that's just another name for gun confiscation, and two, it's unconstitutional. So think about this. The Bernie Sanders, you know, effectively admitted that the Democrats are running on a campaign whereby they are promising to violate the Constitution. Now, of course, you know, leftists like Joy Behar say that the Democrats should lie to get elected, that Beto's problem wasn't the mandatory gun buyback program, but the fact that he was honest uh, about it being a gun confiscation. You know, and that should worry you. The fact that the left, you know, is so open with the idea that they should be lying in order to get elected. Well, one, that undermines democracy as you're not being able to make an informed choice because the people are lying to you to get elected. But then when you take a look at social media, social media as well as Google search results are suppressing the information that they don't want you to know. They're either, one, blocking it outright, or two, they are burying it on page 153 of the search results, knowing that you'll never go that far. And so it's all about controlling information in order to manipulate you. And the reason why they want to manipulate you is so that you give up all your rights and the left can implement their left-wing authoritarian control over every aspect of the United States, every aspect of your life. Because they have the ego and the arrogance to believe that they are the very few experts that know how to run everything perfectly. And yet, every time their policies have ever been tried, it has led to the collapse of a country. You know? But apparently, learning from history is not one of their strong points. But in any event, uh, moving on here, speaking about information censorship, you know, the whole identity of the whistleblower, the, the left is working hard at trying to keep you from knowing who it is, even though the person has already been exposed. You know, social media companies are removing content that names the person, you know, and they're trying to cite some policy about coordinated harm, right? So they're creating some bogus, vague policy in order to suppress information. And then they make false claims about it being illegal, yada, yada, yada. Well, the uh, lawyer for the whistleblower has gone out and sent a cease and desist letter to the Trump administration to stop him from attacking or, you know, coming out verbally against the so-called whistleblower who's not an actual whistleblower because they didn't witness anything to blow the whistle on. And plus, their claims has already been debunked. But in any event, you know, this whole cease and desist letter, this is another part of the left-wing control. So not only do they need to censor information so that you can't make informed decisions so that you're easily to manipulate, but they got to silence and punish anybody who tries to get the truth out anyways. You know, social media is punishing people that say the name of the whistleblower the media is trying to claim that, you know, it's illegal to know the name of the whistleblower. And now 
you know, there's a cease and desist letter that was sent to the White House to prevent Trump from responding to the whistleblower. So basically, they want Trump to act like other Republicans, whereby he just rolls over and plays dead. He doesn't respond. He doesn't go through and talk about anything. He's supposed to just act like the whistleblower, you know, um, you know, is unquestionable, I guess. Now, if Trump didn't respond to the whistleblower, what would the narrative be? Well, we already know what the narrative would be. The silencing of the silence is deafening, right? That his lack of a response is only further evidence of his guilt because he doesn't have a response, right? So now they want to make the accusation, prevent you from responding to the accusations, and then claim that your lack of a response is just evidence of the accusation. It's really quite, you know, amazing, you know, how the left is able to get away with all of this and how they've taken control of so much of the information here. Now, the identity of the whistleblower has been made public. You know, it has been published uh, by some uh, of the few investigative reporters that are left. And it it doesn't look good for the left. You know, because what they did is they took somebody who wrote a complaint with uh, having done so in coordination with congressional Democrats about a rumor for which they had no evidence or and had not witnessed themselves. You know, and the person ended up not only working with congressional Democrats, but you know, was also a registered Democrat and an avid uh, anti-Trumper who was removed from the White House for trying to work against President Trump, right? For trying to undermine Trump's policies and agenda and making false accusations against Trump as an anonymous source to the media in order to try and undermine the Trump's uh, presidency, right? So this is another deep state actor who thinks that, you know, the truth doesn't matter, you know, and has to protect us from our own decisions and that democracy can't be trusted in choosing the leaders of this country, right? And this is only uh, gets further exacerbated by Nikki Haley, who made some bombshell allegations in a book that she had recently published. And so um, this... Uh, Allegation has also sparked a feud with other people uh, in the Trump administration. People who, well, their actions are questionable, you know, as it relates to, you know, uh, talking about Trump. But Nikki Haley is getting a lot of attention, and this is being reported by the right scoop, uh, for her bombshell that she was asked by Trump's top aides to work against his agenda for the good of the country. But some, like Sebastian Gorka, don't believe her, right? Um, now, this is really quite, you know, an amazing, you know, uh, situation and story here. Now, think about this. You know, top people in the White House asking other people, you know, in the Trump administration to work against Trump's agenda, Right? The agenda that we, the people, voted for. And then you find out that you know impeachment was sparked by one of these people who were working against the Trump administration while in the White House, 
probably got pissed that they were found out and removed and then making false allegations. But of course, you know, we're not allowed to know the motivations of the whistleblower and why they wrote a false complaint. And we're not allowed to question maybe why the, you know, inspector general, the IGIC, you know, forward that complaint on without ever looking at a single shred of evidence or looking to verify any of the evidence, uh, any of the accusations made within the complaint. You know, there was absolutely no attempt to verify it before it was sent off and sparked this impeachment inquiry. But why? Well, because we know that the inspector general looking into the origins of the Russia probe, you know, is going to be making a criminal referral. And that criminal referral is likely to be for James Comey, whose actions were at the head of the Trump-Russia investigation and whose firing initiated the special counsel investigation. You know, um, the conservative treehouse, you know, is reporting that, you know, Sean Hannity uh, was talking about the um, inspector general is going to come out with a criminal uh, referral uh, into how the investigation into the Trump-Russia collusion got started. And this is where we get the information that that referral is likely to be for James Comey. That's right. James Comey is going to be the one who is now think about this for a moment. If the IG comes out with the uh, criminal referral for James Comey, what does that mean? It means the person who is most responsible for the investigation of the whole Trump Russia, you know, collusion narrative, you know, having engaged in illegal and criminal activities in trying to pursue that investigation or trying to promote that investigation, that means, you know, or that provides us further proof and evidence that the whole Trump-Russia investigation was, a, was knowingly a bogus hoax designed specifically to try and overturn the results of the 2016 election. And when that failed, well, now they got their current, you know, Ukrainian you know, uh, quid pro quo, which, you know, the quid pro quo, you know, hey, if you don't investigate corruption, we're not going to give you aid, wouldn't be an illegal quid pro quo to begin with. But as Nikki Haley pointed out in an interview recently, there is no quid pro quo. You know, first off, the uh, Ukrainian, uh, you know, from all evidence had already started the investigation. And that the conversation Trump had was about the investigation that was already underway. So you can't say, hey, I'm going to withhold money until you start an investigation and only to find out that the investigation was already going on. Secondly, you know, some are saying, well, you know, they didn't, you know, come out and and they're right. The Ukrainians didn't come out and announce the investigation. Right. They were doing it, but they didn't announce the investigation, you know, and so the whole, well, Trump withheld money unless, you know, they publicly announced it. Well, one, Ukraine never publicly announced it. And two, Trump gave them the money, even though they never publicly announced it. So there is no quid pro quo. 
you know, even on that, saying, hey, you know, can you do me a favor? You know, could you uh, investigate the, you know, corruption for which, you know, there's evidence of? Oh, yeah, we're already doing that. Can you publicly announce that? Uh, no. Okay, here's the money anyways. Right? I mean, I, where's the quid pro quo? You know, the, Trump's actions, you know, and all the information that we have found out debunks the whole notion of the quid pro quo. You know, Trump gave them the money anyways, even though they didn't publicly announce it. And the investigation had started before the uh, phone call even took place. The left has absolutely nothing. But now they're going to go through and do these public hearings, right? Public hearings. Well, what's going on with the public hearings? Well, they're calling up a bunch of witnesses who had no, you know, uh, direct knowledge of what of any of the allegations, you know, who at best heard rumors, right? Or they just didn't like the way policy was being conducted, which, you know, since they're not the boss, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, Trump chooses how to how to run his administration as long as it's within the bounds of the Constitution. He doesn't have to use the channels that the left has set up that have been horrible for the United States. But more information keeps coming out about you know, Biden and Burisma, right? So, for instance, the right scoop is pointing out that Solomon, um, or Solomon writes in the right scoop, Hunter Biden's gas firm uh, pals were pressing Obama administration for months via Biden connections. Now, what goes through and continues to be amazing on this, you know, and this, uh, I guess, was uh, discovered uh, with a FOIA request, Hunter Biden and his Ukrainian gas firm colleagues had multiple contacts with Obama's State Department during the 2016 election cycle. Now, uh, this will go on uh, to continue uh, that, you know, it includes a contact just one month before Vice President Joe Biden forced Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating his son's company. During that February 2016 contact, a U.S. representative for Burisma Holdings sought a meeting with Undersecretary of State Catherine Novelli to discuss ending the corruption allegations against the Ukrainian firm where Hunter Biden worked. Now, think about this. So, the Burisma was contacting the Obama administration trying to ask them to end the, investig- the corruption investigation into the firm that Biden's son was served on the board of. And then a month later, Biden, while overseas, threatens to withhold over a billion dollars in taxpayer money and aid to Ukraine unless they fired that particular prosecutor investigating the company. So what does this look like? It looks like the truth of the situation is that Joe Biden uh, and the Obama administration engaged in an illegal quid pro quo, leveraging taxpayer funds to end an investigation into his son's company. And and um, Biden is on video admitting to leveraging taxpayer funds to get this prosecutor fired. So even if 
Trump were to go off and say, hey, investigate this or you're not getting the funds, basically what he's trying to do is enforce the joint uh, investigation, you know, uh, treaty that we have with Ukraine, you know, and that Ukraine's refusal to uphold their obligations under that treaty would result in withholding of aid, which would be proper, you know, there wouldn't be any crime in Trump investigating a legitimate corruption scandal and asking for Ukraine to aid in that investigation. We already have evidence of the crime. We already have a video confession of the crime, but because it's the Democrats, the media want you to ignore that and claim that trying to investigate the crime, well, now that's the crime. The investigating the crime is the crime, not the crime itself. And therefore, you know, because the Democrats are supposed to be immune to prosecution and immune to the law. Therefore, investigating crimes that Democrats have committed must be corruption itself. Even though there was no quid pro quo, Trump was just asking them to aid in an investigation. Now, of course, with the criminal referral uh, that's going to be coming down from the IG, the inspector general and all the evidence coming out regarding you know the illegal activities that took place during the Obama administration well of course you want it becomes understandable why the democrats are so desperate to push forward the impeachment inquiry even though the entire basis has been debunked even though every claim that they have made for why they are going forward with impeachment has been debunked in every way, shape, or form imaginable. It's just amazing. I mean, you got to give it to the Democrats. Their commitment to a narrative, no matter how false it is, no matter how debunked, how many times it gets debunked, their commitment is impressive. They have no fidelity or loyalty to the truth or reality. Now, of course, you know, Trump is already coming out and informing that the, you know, uh, transcripts from the, you know, closed door hearings were likely uh, manipulated or altered. Well, of course, they're manipulated. I mean, you don't expect the Democrats to be honest, but the manipulation isn't that they're going through and changing what was said. It's in how they phrase the question and where they decide to interrupt the witness. I've said this before. If you get a witness, you know, that is sympathetic and anti-Trumper, and you know that, and you have full control over the witnesses, and you call them forward, they know how to play the game. They know how to phrase their answers to any particular question that invites the Democrats to interrupt them, right? And then that interruption you know, changes how the transcript would read. For instance, you know, I've used this example before, but let's say the Democrats were in, uh, came out and asked the question or made the accusation in the form of a question, when did Trump stop beating his wife? Well, you know, the honest answer uh, would be the, well, um, I never knew 
are, when did you become aware of Trump stopped beating his wife? And you go, well, I never knew he was beating his wife. You know, I have no information about that. Right. That would be an honest answer. And therefore the media, you know, would report that as, you know, there's no evidence to support the allegations. But let's say the person, you know, pauses in their answer. Right. And so they become when did you become aware of Trump, uh, that Trump stopped beating his wife? And the person goes, I never. And then before they could continue, get interrupted by the Democrats. Well, the media can then go off and report that as, you know, witness when asked when Trump stopped beating his wife, you know, or when when they became aware of Trump stopped beating his wife. You know, the person never became answered that they never, you know, they never did. Therefore, you know, Trump probably still beats his wife. I mean, that's how easy it is to manipulate the transcripts. This is why closed-door hearings are horrible, and that you can't trust any information that comes out of them, because you're not able to see that interaction. You're not able to see when the person was interrupted and whether they tried to push back in order to finish answering the question. So when Trump comes out and says that the transcripts are being manipulated, he's not wrong. He's not wrong whatsoever. You know, now, of course, people are going off and noting here that this whole, you know, Trump-Russia collusion narrative just seems like leftovers of or the Trump, you know, Ukraine scandal seems like leftovers of the Trump-Russia collusion where, you know, it's mostly the same people pushing it and there's still, you know, nothing there, you know, no evidence to support it. You know, and that they're all just going off and basically making the same claims and accusations that they did during the Trump Russia. You know, the media is going off reporting, oh, bombshell this, bombshell that. Oh, we got him now. It's only a matter of time until Trump is impeached and removed from office. You know, all those things that they were saying during the Trump Russia, you know, investigation and the Mueller probe, none of which ever materialized or proved to be true. You know, and most of what the media was reporting turned out to be false. Well, people are noting that the same thing is happening here, that this is the exact same, you know, just change Russia to Ukraine. And they're just rehashing all of their old stories. It's really kind of lazy. You know, even the uh, parody sites like Babylon B is mocking them for this, you know. And so we go through and we take a look. And it's just really sad to see what's going on. Now, of course, you know, the media is also trying to go off and say, well, the American people, we will be shocked, shocked by what the witnesses say. And that it's going to be a game changer. You know, and so Breitbart is uh, reporting, you know, that, you know, the claims that Americans will be startled by virtuous witnesses. It will be a game changer. Now, I guess it depends on what they mean by virtuous. I guess if they're trying to say, you know, people who are going to make a bunch of accusations and claims to which they never witnessed or seen evidence of, it will be quite amazing. You'll start to see the arrogance and the hubris of the people involved and realize that they have nothing in which to base their claims on. Now, 
on uh, Monday's uh, broadcast of MSNBC Morning Joe, Rep. Jim uh, Hines, uh, Democrat Connecticut. You know, of course, you know, the Democrats also said people will be shocked and stunned by what was, you know, going to be found out by Mueller in the Mueller report. You know, they... You know, you would think by now that they would stop overhyping the situations when they got a nothing burger. You know, about the upcoming public testimonies before the House Intelligence Committee, uh, so-called impeachment inquiry would be a game changer. On Wednesday, uh, the committee will hear from Ambassador William Taylor and Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent on Friday. Former Ambassador Marie Yovich will testify. Now, here's the problem for the Democrats, is that in a public hearing, they can't control it as well as they can in, a, in the closed-door hearings because the Republicans will be allowed to ask questions. And if the Democrats are out there you know, telling witnesses you know, on camera not to answer questions from Republicans or trying to block Republicans from asking questions— that go to the basic credibility of the witnesses. Well, then this only you know uh, goes off and shows what a complete partisan hack job this is, and what a meritless investigation and hearing it is, and how it's nothing more than a total sham investigation or a total sham, you know, disguised you know as an investigation in order to you know make another attempt to overturn the results of the 2016 election. You know, the Democrats, they'll never give up their attempts to overthrow the election. You know, and then, of course, next year is an election year, so what's going to happen when Trump gets reelected? They're going to try and find a way to overturn Trump's reelection. You know, and this is going to go on all the way to 2024 when Trump leaves office, having been term-limited. Now, of course, other media sources are trying to report uh, information here, saying Giuliani Associates told Ukrainians to investigate Biden, a lawyer says, right? You know, and so this is from Fox News. An attorney for Lev Parnas, an associate of Rudy Giuliani, is claiming his client traveled to Kiev uh, shortly before the inauguration of Ukrainian President you know, Zelensky, this year, to demand the new administration publicly announce an investigation into 2020 presidential candidate Joe Biden and his son. The lawyer confirmed uh, to Fox News that his client told Ukrainian officials that the vice president would not attend the swearing-in of the new president, and the United States would freeze aid to the Eastern European nation if the demands were not met. You know, now this is interesting. Now we don't have any verification, really, uh, that this is honest and truthful. But you know what we have here is a Michael Cohen situation. Remember, Michael Cohen. Now he did commit, um, you know, taxi medallion fraud. You know, but as part of his plea agreement, he you know signed document you know that contained language to you know to that's supposed to uh, create the impression that he was confessing to a crime uh, in, of the Trump administration. However, what he was confessing to was not a crime. They were just trying to word it to give the 
insinuation that one had taken place. And so we know that when someone you know, engages in a crime and, you know, they're, they're caught dead to rights, that they'll pretty much say whatever you want them to say in any, you know, plea deal. You know, so credibility here is iffy. Of course, we don't even know whether or not these, you know, uh, claims, you know, are true or, you know, heck, we don't even know if Trump actually asked the person themselves. I mean, we there's also the possibility that people act, you know, are acting, you know, in their own interest, trying to claim that Trump said to do this when he didn't. So, I mean, we can't uh, discount that possibility that people were acting and doing things, believing that it was what Trump wanted when really the person, you know, telling them to do so never cleared it with Trump. I, you can't discount that possibility. Although that would be very sad and, you know, it would go towards, you know, whether or not Trump can handle reigning in uh, the federal government. You know, but in any event, you know, we can go through and we can see that there's going to be a lot of stirrup uh, by the media, you know, using, of course, anonymous sources in order to attack Trump and make allegations that so far, by and large, have turned out to be false every time they do so and evidence gets released. Now, the Democrats are also freaking out because uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vidman you know, who testified uh, for the Democrats is out of the National Security Council. Now, the Democrats, they're trying to go through and they're trying to claim, oh, this is retaliation. Well, mm, could be for insubordination. I mean, because Trump did, you know, tell uh, the members of his administration that they were not to comply with the illegitimate impeachment inquiries the Democrats were running. Because remember, the Democrats haven't actually officially opened an impeachment inquiry. They haven't gone through the processes and the steps to open a, uh, an official impeachment inquiry. What they've been doing you know, up to this point, or including right now, is engaging in unofficial impeachment inquiries. Because you have to hold the vote to open it up. I, the Constitution is quite clear. The House of Representatives, not the Speaker of the House, not committee chairmen, the House as a collective has to do it, which means a vote. Now, the Democrats want to claim retaliation. Now, of course, there's also, hey, if the person you know is insubordinate and then gives false testimony, well, then there's probably cause. But... In this particular situation, um, it turns out that plans to downsize the National Security Council was already underway before this whole, you know, whistleblower complaint was even filed, right? Because the Trump administration has talked about how it has, you know, gotten bloated, you know, with several hundred members. You know, that the Obama administration bloated it up from, you know, 100 members under the Obama, under the Bush administration to, you know, close to 400 members under the Obama administration and that they were looking to scale back. Well, 
if you're looking to scale back, that means people are going you know, to you know, get removed from that assignment and demoted. And, you know, going off and being a witness, you know, or testifying before the House, you know, Democrats, you know, about allegations that have already been debunked does not then save your job. So if Vinman was going off thinking, well, okay, I'm about to be, you know, demoted as we, you know, uh, downsize the NSC, I'm going to go out and I'm going to testify for the Democrats. Therefore, they can't get rid of me from the NSC because then that would be seen as retaliation. And so I get to save my job. All right. That's not how it works. Now, I don't know if that's the particular case here, but that's not how any of this works. All right. So in any event, you know, the Democrats, their entire, you know, claims and, you know, impeachment inquiry keeps proving to be nothing more than a partisan witch hunt for which there is no basis or evidence to support. You know, George Orwell's 1984 book was supposed to be a warning, not an instruction guide for the Democrat Party. But that's exactly what they have done. They've taken this book about the Orwellian society, and they are now implementing it. And it's not just the Democrats. It's the tech companies. Because what they are doing is they are engaged in an information control by censoring the Internet of anything that goes against what they want you to believe. Or they're trying to go through and censor out information that they just don't want you to know. See, an informed society is a threat to the left because the more informed you are, the better choices you're going to make. And the more informed you are, the less likely you're going to surrender all your rights and freedoms and trade democracy for tyrannical authoritarian control. And that's what the left is about, tyrannical authoritarian control. And recently, uh, there has been uh, another instance of social media company and tech companies and their in-kind contributions to the left by censoring the information that is damaging to the Democrats. And so with this, as as Newsbusters is reporting, social tech giants push users or punish users uh, for naming whistleblowers. CNN can't even tell people whether naming the whistleblower is illegal, but tech companies are now the judge and jury for the common user. Facebook and YouTube announced that they would delete content that named the whistleblower whose story inspired the Democrats to launch an impeachment inquiry on President Donald Trump. Uh, A Facebook spokesperson told CNN on November 8th that any mention of the potential whistleblower's name violates our, our coordinating harm policy. Right. And so this is what the left and the tech companies are doing. They're creating policies that go through and are vague. And then they go through and saying that getting out the truth violates their policy, that somehow naming the whistleblower harms the whistleblower. This is the whole speeches uh, equal to physical violence aspect 
of the left in order to suppress information. But knowing the whistleblower and who they are is important in judging the credibility of the whistleblower. Because remember, the whistleblower in this situation neither witnessed or seen evidence of the uh, accusations that he is alleging in his whistleblower complaint. And so the person having no direct knowledge or witness of the information or evidence in which they are claiming that President Trump did something wrong that sparked an impeachment inquiry goes off and makes you wonder why the person wrote the complaint having no verifiable information, right? Well, maybe it's because the person is a partisan hack. Right now, the name of the whistleblower has been uh, released and has been out there. You know, it was, you know, uncovered or at least who we believe the whistleblower to be. And the person is a partisan hack. They're not only a registered Democrat, but it seems like they coordinated their whistleblower complaint with Adam Schiff's office and got some help from not only, you know, Adam Schiff and congressional Democrats, but from Clinton connected lawyers. Now, this person was also removed from the White House because it was uncovered that the person was directly trying to use their permission or position to undermine the Trump administration and the Trump agenda, and that they were purposely going uh, to the media with information that was less than reliable, less than accurate, shall we say, in order to try and distract you know, from Trump's accomplishments and to try and create a negative media coverage of the Trump administration. So when you got a situation where the person for which, you know, the impeachment inquiry uh, was started from, you know, because of the accusations. When you find out that the person is a partisan hack who had no direct knowledge, witness, or evidence, but just heard a rumor, you know, so they say, uh, that Trump had done something, and the person was a partisan hack that was constantly trying to undermine Trump and part of the deep state resistance movement, then you start going on and questioning why the person did it. You know, you start questioning their integrity. You start going through and, you know, start analyzing the situation. But now you take us the fact that social media companies, whether that's through YouTube, Facebook, Google uh, search engine, now they're trying to suppress that information. So what do you think that does? That leads to a situation in which all the coverage is going to be negative against Trump and that you're not allowed to question the credibility of the whistleblower because you're not supposed to know who the whistleblower is. So this creates a situation where, you know, the whistleblower could have just made everything up out of thin air. But now we need to investigate every aspect of that. Now, you know, and then the media goes through and provides never-ending news cycles making you know repeating the allegations and you know that and interviewing democrats about the allegations this is all designed to damage trump and influence the outcome of the 2020 election and you are being manipulated you know there's no you know if ands or buts about it you're being manipulated why because the democrats don't want trump the social media companies along with traditional media, are all Democrats. They're all 
left-wing activists. And so the best way to influence your decision-making process is to suppress information that they don't want you to know. And that's what's going on here with the social media censorship. You're supposed to just, you know, believe the whistleblower, take them at face value without question. And then all the coverage is supposed to be about whether Trump committed a crime, not whether the whistleblower made up the accusations in coordination with Democrats, and that the impeachment process is an illegitimate process designed to undermine democracy. Because remember, the Democrats, they've been out there since the day after the 2016 election saying that they were going to impeach Trump. He hadn't even taken office, and they said they were going to impeach him, and they needed to find a reason to. And after the whole Trump-Russia collusion narrative fell apart, they needed something else, and this is the best that they could come up with. You know, one of their deep state operatives, you know, who was a reliable never-Trumper or anti-Trumper, writing a complaint about things that he neither saw evidence of nor witnessed. Now, of course, Trump has come out, he's released the transcript, and the media is trying to, you know, question the credibility of the transcript without evidence of any of the transcript being altered or inaccurate in any ways, you know, which is another thing, you know, the media goes off and they go, Trump made this accusation without evidence, but then they're constantly making accusations without evidence, but you're supposed to believe them. And as long as they are suppressing information that, you know, counteracts what they're trying to push, you know, and as long as they're able to, you know, push forward with lies without any, you know, uh, truth being able to get available, well, what happens? Well, information is power. Why? Because people make all of their decision uh, from the information that they have. They gather up uh, all of the sources of information and try to make the best decision possible based off of that. Now, if you control the information and you can control where you get a whole bunch of websites and all information sources saying one thing, no matter how wrong it is, no matter how easily debunked uh, it can be, you know, and all information, you know, countering that, suppressing that and all of that. You know, it makes it easy to manipulate you, just like, you know, Facebook is able to manipulate you with their news feeds or you know, YouTube uh, can manipulate you with their auto suggestions. They, you know, it's part of that whole power of numbers, you know, gaslighting, make a false claim, repeat it often and repeat it confidently. And if you have a bunch of people doing that, well, there's also a lot of psychological studies that show more people saying something has greater influence over you. And the more people that can say lies, while at the same time, truth being suppressed, well, then it's easy to manipulate you. And that's what's going on here with the tech giants. That's what's going on here, you know, when it comes to all of this coverage over impeachment, because the whole allegations regarding impeachment have already been debunked. And we've been going through and taking a look at, you know, the secret hearings in which the Democrats control who gets called and are instructing them not to answer the questions by the Republicans. Right. And so they're releasing parts of the transcripts.
but not the full transcript to give you full context. But we've also been able to explain how they are able to manipulate the transcripts by not only the phrasing of the questions, but by where they decide to interrupt the witness. Right. I've used this example before whereby, you know, the Democrats, you know, if they were to ask the question of a witness, hey, when did you become aware uh, of Trump stop of when Trump stopped beating his wife? Now, that is an accusation designed as a question. Now, if the person goes, um, you know, never, I haven't ever heard of, you know, uh, Trump ever beating his wife. Right. That's. That would be a full, accurate transcript of the situation. But however, let's say the person goes, well, I never, and then they were cut off, right? Well, then the transcript would read, you know, when did you stop beating your wife? Or when did you become aware of uh, Trump stopped beating his wife? And the answer was, I never. Well, then the media is going to take that you know, uh, from the transcript and then going to report it on media that, according to sources, Trump never stopped beating his wife, even though the answer is really, you know, never was aware that that was happening to begin with. Right. So you can see how the transcripts can be easily manipulated when you are controlling who the witnesses are and you're calling up people that you know are reliable never Trumpers who know the game and how to phrase their questions to get or phrase their answers to give the Democrats the best opportunity to interrupt them so that they can create a, a fictional transcript or not a fictional transcript, but they can create you know a fictional narrative without ever actually lying because the witness can come back and say, well, I was interrupted. I was never able to fully answer the question. Now, when you go through and you take a look at how social media is doing everything, right? Now, when they go through and they take a look at, you know, promoting information, they're going to create uh, sources that are only going to partially cite, you know, what transcripts say or what the evidence say, and then hide and block evidence or exculpatory, uh, exculpatory evidence. And that's another thing. When they go through and they're trying to push uh, these situations and narratives, but then, you know, suppress some of the key facts and details of that, they're able to manipulate you into believing something that isn't true. You know, this is all goes back uh, to Orwell's 1984, how to control and manipulate the public through information censorship and penalizing people if they decide to not go along with the script. If they decide to exercise their rights to free speech, you're going to penalize them by taking away the platforms by which free speech is allowed to happen, which then goes off and states that these social media companies are not platforms, they're publishers. Therefore, they should lose all of their uh, protection that they get from lawsuits You know, as a platform, they should lose all of that because now they are being publishers, right? There's, you know, they're not censoring crimes. There's nothing illegal about what people are doing. It just doesn't go with the narrative of the left. It doesn't go with what they want you to think. And so information censorship is just another form of mind control. 
right? And so now they can stop the spread of information and punish those who want to get out the truth and honest information. And then they go through and they try to reference a vague policy written very vaguely as justification for their censorship, right? which is just going off and further you know, showing how these social media companies can't be trusted anymore, you know, and how, you know, how much they're committing fraud. Because think about this, right? They get you to sign up on their platform or get you to sign up on their site claiming to be a platform. They get you to agree to allow them to collect data on you in exchange for access. And then they make money from that data. But if they are a publisher, which they are proving to be, then that means they are defrauding you out of something of value, your data, right? So they are fraudulently getting you to hand over something of value under false claims. And, you know, this whole, you know, it's their policy, right? Well, if their policies violate the statutory requirements needed to be classified as a platform, then their policies is only further evidence of the fraud that they are committing on the American public. And this gets to be, in the in Facebook's case, tens of billions of dollars worth of financial fraud. And this needs to stop. This whole, you know, trying to manipulate the public in order to go through and overthrow democracy, overthrow the Constitution, and overthrow your rights so that the select few on the left get to now uh, control everything, want to be able to control every aspect of your life because they are arrogant and believing that they know best how to run society, how to run your life. And we've seen how that turns out in countries like Venezuela that did the exact same thing. You know, they got uh, a leftist into power, you know, lying their way into power, you know, then started controlling and censoring all the information, implemented horrible policies that were being uh, uh, told to everybody was great. And now look at them. And we know that the left doesn't have a problem with lying, right? I mean, take a look at this. Uh, The View audience applauded as Joy Behar says Democrats need to lie to get into office. And she said the problem with Beto O'Rourke was not that he was going to confiscate weapons, but rather that he was being honest that he was going to confiscate weapons, violate the Constitution, and take away your rights. So the Democrats, they have no problems with the idea that they're going to lie to you in order to get you to agree to something that's actually going to harm you. And now the tech companies are going to go through, censor the Internet, censor social media, censor your search engine results, censor it all in order to manipulate you into believing that a lie is somehow reality. Hey, YouTube viewers, thank you so much for your time and attention in watching this video. If you want to get more, click on the video playing off to the side here. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe and the notification bell 
so that you'll be notified when new videos and content drops. Thank you, and I appreciate it.